are you when it comes to challenging situations? Do you move towards your stresses or do you get yourself in a fight with them? Well, if you use the warrior's way, you're going to find a whole new balance in all of this. But what is it? Stay listening. This is fabulous, this episode. This is Unsquashed. I'm your host, Tricia Lewis. Engage your detective mindset and let's get ready to solve the mystery of the squashed self. I have managed to have a conversation with somebody whose book I've had on my shelf for ages. It's Arno Ildner. His book is called The Rock Warrior's Way, Mental Training for Climbers but you don't have to be a rock climber to really gain from this. So without more to do, I'm going to get on with it. Um, Hi, Arno, it's very early there and you're speaking from somewhere in Tennessee? Yes, Tennessee, southeastern part of the United States. And thanks for inviting me, Tricia. I appreciate being here. It's, um, uh, uh, yeah, I think I won't go into how slightly starstruck I am. It's, this is the... There have been a few occasions where I've been had guests whose books I've got on my shelf and have had for some time. Um, another one was Aki Nowak, um, and I had the same. <laughs> the same, and Margie Worrell was another one. Margie Worrell, and I, it, it's it's a very sort of slightly surreal feeling. Um, we're all humans, you know. We're not actually up on this great pedestal. I've written a book, but it's it's really special. So thank you for being here. Now. Because I know we have so much that we can delve into for our listeners, I will just briefly get us into how you got where you got to in terms Mm -hmm. of this warrior's way um, that that we're going to talk about, which was preceded by obviously you being a rock climber and you writing Mm -hmm. this amazing book that I'm just going to hold up now for my listeners who are seeing this (laughs) clip on video maybe which I've had on my shelf for years and years. My husband is a, uh, an avid rock climber, has been for decades. So there's a, a sort of extra dimension to my nice. reading in of all of this stuff. But yeah, give, give, us, a, give us a quick potted um, story of how this all evolved. Yeah, I was, uh, I guess it initially started when I was 18 uh, in high school, transitioning into university and uh, was introduced to climbing then and so that like shit really changed the trajectory of my life uh, but then around age 40 I guess in the mid 90s I was looking for you know creating a career in something I really enjoyed and climbing was the thread you know throughout my life that uh, kind of held it together you might say and and so I really investigated what I could do in climbing to create a career. And I was really interested in mental training. And there was, wasn't very much about it for rock climbers at the time. So uh, I really started investigating it uh, deeply. And then about eight years later is when Rock Warriors Way came out, that book, uh, where I was able to have a period of time to work with the material, teach students and find out a little bit uh, more about how I could collect my thoughts and put it into book form. So that's that kind of started uh, my journey. And it's been like, what, about 25 years now of uh, teaching, teaching students and uh, moving it forward. 
Tell, tell us, yeah, I mean, it's funny how time flies as well. <laughs> and it's yeah. interesting you talk about the thread because I think for a lot of us, um, maybe maybe some people overlook this, but there usually is a thread. I mean, I've had a fairly diverse, uh, I can't even call it a career really, whatever it is. And, but there is a thread. And so when I started doing what I'm doing now, I, it was the thread of the acting and the, various other things that kind of made you think, but hang on, can I use it in a slightly different way? So yeah, mm. I, I like that. And what, tell me a little bit about the Desiderata Institute. Yeah, it's, uh, it's the name of, uh, of our business. Uh, the, the warrior's way is the training model, mm -hmm. whereas uh, Desiderata Institute is the name of the business. Yeah. Okay. And, and it's, and, and students are now, so you are now working with students who might have nothing to do with rock climbing. Is that True. right? True. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We do some work with first responders and uh, uh, had done some work with veterans and uh, looking to move more in the, you might say, non-climbing direction. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. But there is there is so much going on here so is it possible if i say to you <laughs> i can't say if i say what is the warrior's way that's a fairly big open question but is there is there a little sort of um potted way that you can put this across mm -hmm. yes uh so um basically um the warrior's way is the way warriors are trained you know like real uh soldiers you know people that are their job is to move toward the threat like toward the enemy you might say and then what kind of a mindset is that what is that way and then the for the, the rest of us you know that are protected by the warrior class you might say in our society we can emulate the same kinds of mindset that they have which basically is moving toward the stressors that we have in our lives that's really one of the main shifts that i feel we need to make as individuals and as business owners to uh, deal with the inevitable challenges that do come up gosh yeah absolutely okay yeah well a lot of people mm -hmm. will immediately be having their ears pricking up here because we are constantly moving towards the stressors um and i suppose one of the things and i know you talk about this i've been listening to you chatting to various other people and i was i mean i've done a tiny bit of rock climbing okay like tiny 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 um okay. uh, particularly on an inside wall um which is nice mm. and sterile and clean um with my very experienced husband doing the bee laying below mm -hmm. so i've not exactly pushed myself but for me quite a big push to get higher and higher and of course uh, as i was doing it there were various things going on in my head so i'm going up you know one of those very easy routes up an inside wall okay mm -hmm. and it's but it's high and I get about a quarter of the way up and I say to my husband, well, that's fine. I'm coming down now. This is the first time I've ever done this. And mm -hmm. he said, okay, you can if you like. And I started to come down. And I said, no, actually, I'll go up a little bit more. And so I went up a little bit more. And then I thought, why would I not fit? I literally got about two feet from the top. 
and said, oh, I think that's enough now. And he said, you're, you're actually nearly there, Tricia. You just need to reach out and put your hand on that. So, and I did, and of course felt so much better for having done that. But one thing I know that was going on in my head and I always think about with any kind of physical activity where there's a potential danger involved, and this was so limited, the danger, is that I imagine too much. And I have a way over the top imagination as it is, which is part of what has driven the good stuff that I've done in terms of acting and creative work. But it's also a burden when it comes to this more solid step-by-step, do it, do it, try it, do it. Because when there's a physical danger, involved you see people say oh but I don't know how you get up on a stage in front of a huge audience that that would terrify me but to me there's no physical danger involved there you know unless I fall off the stage Arno so it's more of a mental challenge um but I agree and there's a lot but it's the physical it's the imagination and I don't look down okay and I know give us something on that because I know you talk about this wow there's a lot there there's a lot I'm sorry yeah no, 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 that's okay. That's great. Uh, well, you know, there isn't uh, like in a kind of sterile environment and climbing in, in an indoor with a top rope, a component, the layer, being on a stage, you know, there aren't you know, so much physical dangers, but we're talking about mental training, right? Like the psychological part, there is fear of failure. You know, we tie how we feel about ourselves to the outcomes. Uh, we were climbing and we want to get to the top and touch that. And then maybe we feel better about ourselves because of that. But if we don't, if we fail to get to the top, we feel worse about ourselves. So this is like one of the main areas in the warrior's way and uh, mental training method is we need to do some practices to separate our identity, like how we understand ourselves from the outcomes that we create. Otherwise, we're victims to those external things that are happening. Like we're on a roller coaster in our self-worth, feeling better about ourselves when we're succeeding, worse when we're failing. And it just, uh, it doesn't give us enough stability and consistency to be able to have that solid foundation for being able to engage risk and stress and willingly want to be there. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the thing is that we are, I mean, it's one of the things that I cover in in the book where I'm talking about this unsquashing stuff. It's, it's, Mm -hmm. It's not the same as imposter syndrome. People talk about imposter syndrome a lot, but it's, it's got an element of that because of course it has, because it's all stuff that we're doing in our own heads. So, Mm -hmm. but it's, it's that sort of pressure from society as well to put it in a very simplistic way and so I I quite often have quite deep conversations with my husband and people who know me know that um, I go into this stuff about the meaningfulness stuff so you just said there you know this self-worth roller coaster and and Mm -hmm. it is fed isn't it? it more and more it feels to me more and more by a sense of but if we're not that then we're we're what are we we're meaningless yeah it, it's kind of an existential crisis you know it's like um if we can't continually feed our worth you know with successes with achievements then we feel less than 
we almost feel like we don't have a right to exist. So it, when we can do practices, and this takes time to continually uh, separate identity from outcome, like, uh, and a simple way to do it is just to look at the outcomes more objectively. Oh, what did I do that helped, that, that, that worked well, and what can I do to learn and improve for the next effort? Like, be able to look at it objectively like that with curiosity, then we start uh, separating how we feel about ourselves, our worth from that constant uh, outcomes that we're creating. Essentially, we make self-worth a non-issue. We're not looking to improve it. We're not, um, we're not looking for evidence that makes it diminish. We said like, I'm, uh, it's kind of like I exist, therefore I am, and that's enough, I can let it go. And then I can focus on just what needs attention in the moment, the tasks and, and so forth. Now, that's really interesting because you could you could almost be my husband, Steve, talking um, <laughs> that, that, that would have come out of his mouth and frequently does something similar to that when I'm in my existential mm -hmm. crisis mode. Yeah. Um, and I'm wondering, therefore, whether there is actually something fundamental about having done years and years and years of rock climbing that actually why it is has has done something to the wiring in your head and his head because because there is no other way to continue and progress and evolve with rock climbing than to be able to to do the to enjoy the process for a start mm -hmm. and take the step by step uh, yeah moving with with the fear and not in a battle against it i does that make sense yeah, actually, a couple of things come to mind there. One is that we can improve in rock climbing or any activity, uh, tying our identity to outcome or not tying our identity to outcome. Like we can actually achieve a lot if we are afraid of not succeeding or, or, or getting that validation. The, 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 the distinction is that the journey that we have if we are doing the work for its own sake and separate our identity from outcome will be much more enjoyable. Because uh, if we are constantly striving to achieve, wanting to be at some future time that we think is better than right now, then we're never really totally living in the present moment and we kind of hate the journey. Yeah. And so the, the whole purpose of uh, being a warrior, so to speak, the way we're defining it is to shift away from that tendency toward uh, doing the work for its own sake, guided by goals that we have, but we're, we're patient in as we, how we work toward those. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, oh, gosh, there's so much. There's so much. That, that's a, see, it's a mental shift that we need to make. Uh, <clears throat> from constantly striving for the future toward having it guide us, but being present for what's going on right now. And, and it's like uh, what you said a, a moment ago, it's like we're, however we're behaving in the moment or how we're motivated, it's, it's creating neural networks in the brain. Like we're habituating ourselves to behaving in a certain way. So if we're 
reinforcing over and over and over again this achievement mindset where we're constantly uh, striving for validation you know success with, uh, with at the expense of the journey that's leading us there then it can be really difficult to reframe that and that's why we need to know like what is a better way of approaching this you know we're guided by the goals but still enjoying the process of going there like being present for that being present for the struggles then over time we habituate ourselves to this mindset instead of the old one yeah this is so, oh gosh there's so much in this um and there's there's this sort of realism um part to all this as well isn't there so so yeah taking the imagination versus the reality kind of mm -hmm. equation which obviously we could go quite deep into that but but it i know that for a lot of people that are, you know people who are growing their business and trying not to lose themselves in the process and the mo okay let's just think about motivation for a start okay because mm -hmm. that's that word keeps coming up over and over again and it's you know so it, it's I, I mean, we've got intrinsic versus extrinsic which i'm sure you um would talk about in whatever language you talk about it so so i, mm. I my my sense at the moment is the more and more we are getting bombarded by social media messaging and stuff on tv celebrity culture etc cetera, etc cetera, um the more we've got to keep coming back to a place where we connect to a sort of reality and a and a and a more ex, more in this is a bit of a double thing here Arno sorry I'm literally thinking this through as we go but in a way we're saying get out of your head which is definitely something that I would be talking about when you're mm -hmm. unsquashing get out of your head get present get curious ask questions stop comparing yourself with everybody else but in another way we are saying but actually Ultimately, you do need to be the sort of powerhouse behind your reason for doing stuff, your motivation, but not what everybody else is telling you will make you a, a meaningful person. Yeah, I mean, it's um, a foundational um, concept, you might say, to consider is we can tend to think of reality as an either or choice. Okay, like I either need to be focused extrinsically or intrinsically. Where in uh, I think a better foundation is a both and reality, where I said, okay, I can be motivated both by extrinsic and intrinsic reasons. Uh, and just like I was mentioning a moment ago, extrinsically we can be motivated by these goals that are external to our us, you know, that give us. Uh, guidance and direction of where we want to go inspiration and we can be motivated intrinsically for uh, enjoying the work for its own sake like what do i love about being in this stressful struggle right now you know and so we can find a balance between that and the balance part is extremely important for someone in in our position being an entrepreneur uh you know, here, I, I got up at 4.30 this morning, you know, and my day will be long, like it is for all entrepreneurs. And that can really adversely impact the balance that we have between, you know, work and personal lives. And so we need to find a way to uh, 
not just uh, be workaholics, you know, or to be extrinsically motivated. We need to find a way to find balance between those motivations and also, you know, our work life, uh, personal life balance. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. And, and the balance between the kind of fear uh, ratio in all of this, you know, how far do we um, embrace the idea that, yeah, it's coming out of your comfort zone really, isn't it? I mean, mm -hmm. um, which is one of the reasons why I climbed to the top of that climbing wall, because I knew it was so not my comfort zone thing, whereas standing on mm -hmm. a stage or even doing this to a certain extent is my comfort zone um mm -hmm. talking <laughs> but not but not physical movement with what i perceive as as risk um and so i know that it's healthy to push those little comfort zone mm -hmm. boundaries isn't that it yeah it's it's um it's healthy it's needed you know if we're no matter what we're doing in life, whether we're an entrepreneur or just even in, uh, you know, personal activities, uh, working for someone else, like stress and change is the reality of life. And the warrior mindset is to, is to accept that, that, oh, that's the way it is. I'm not going to be constantly trying to, um, you know, strive for some future that I think is a, a more correct reality and when everything is squared away and I'm comfortable. No, it's, a, it's going to be ongoing. So we, we actually look for finding comfort in the present moment, in the present stress, you know, and as we work, you know, through it. So, you know, a few things came to mind when you were talking about like the climbing. Well, one thing that you were doing is you were climbing, you were getting into more stress and your mind was going, well, I think I've had enough, you know, and then partly you and partly Steve, like coaching you. So like, well, you know, maybe you can do a little more. And so you go, oh yeah, maybe I can. And you know, so you, you engage some more and then your mind goes, well, I'm two feet from the top. That's enough. And you go, well, or, or Steve said, well, you know, you're just a, a couple of feet away, you know? So, this being able to notice the activity, this thought process that's going on in the mind and redirecting it, that's like in meditation, you know, it's critical for being able to not be derailed by a mind that constantly wants to stay in the comfort zone. And another thing you did is you took small steps, you know, the, the, we can have a, a tendency to think in all or nothing ways. You know, we're, we look at that big climb or we look at a big project, a big stressor, you know, a client, you know, and we think, well, can I, can I do it or not? And, and we get overwhelmed and then we maybe err on not doing it. Whereas if we just find a way to take small steps in that direction, you know, it will unfold as it needs to, as we're taking action. Absolutely. That, that puts it, we, yeah, not to be derailed and taking the small steps. Um, it, it is very easy. I have a weird phobia of cows that has just got worse as I've got older. And I don't know. And it is, it is 
95% based on imagination. I have mm -hmm. never been attacked by a cow. I've never seen anyone <laughs> attacked by a cow. I think I've read one newspaper article about somebody being attacked by a cow who probably had a dog off the lead in a field, but yeah. And yet that's the thing that I focus on. That's the terrible thing that's gonna happen, um, mm -hmm. et cetera, et cetera. And, and, and the minute I get into, and I, I am derailed by that fear. So I have discovered that I would walk three miles around a diversion, um, much to Steve's frustration if we're together, in order to avoid going through. <laughs> and, yeah. and I'm annoyed with myself, obviously. That's the other thing that we do. Is I do we, we know we're not doing something that we should be. And we sort of think, oh, well, that's all right. Now I've taken the easy route, so this is fine. I won't get hurt, metaphorically. But at the same time, we're also thinking, God, you know, I'm so annoyed with myself for not being able to get over this. And yeah, and I, I guess the only way is the, the small steps. So with the cow thing, you'd just maybe go across a field where that it had a fence, but you'd get closer to the fence or something like that. Yeah, I mean, um, we're we're con constantly. You know, the mind is creating images of reality to kind of anticipate danger so that we can survive. It's, it's, it's just how the brain is wired and how the mind works. And if we know that, then we, we can work on getting out of our head, like, like we said earlier. And so that's why you know, meditation or body awareness practices can be so important. Like we need like tangible ways to know how to get out of our heads. How do we get our attention specifically, since we're talking mental training, how do we get it out of thinking and more engaged in reality? Yeah. You know, a simple example in climbing is when we teach falling, you know, we ask the students to look down. And so before they do that, they're thinking, oh, it's going to be really scary, you know. And in other words, just like you're saying, we're imagining reality, what it will be instead of when they look down and they direct their attention there, they find that it's a lot less scary than they thought it was before. So this is a, a constant struggle in mental training is we know that the mind is going to create illusory realities of the future that we're going to engage and we know as a tool that we are going to direct our attention into the body like the what we can see and feel and hear and observe so that we can see reality more accurately than how the mind is perceiving it or mis misjudging it yeah so we're back to fairly presumably quite basic breathing and mm -hmm. quiet forms of being present um, meditation being one I think when people say meditation and yoga again a lot of people tend to go right up to the far extreme of what that means yeah. that you've got to be sat on an island on the top of a hill in you know naked um chanting mm -hmm. and it it can be a much more daily practice sort of Basically. It needs to be. It yeah. needs to be like, uh, yeah, I, I do a little bit of sitting meditation, but the main thing I do is active meditation throughout the day through everything that I do. I'm constantly 
reminding, catching myself, being distracted and redirecting my attention to whatever the task is. You know, so yeah, for example, when, when we um, experience a stressor, it might be an email coming through and we haven't read it yet, but we see the subject line and, and we have a, a reaction to that. And the reaction is usually one of contraction, okay? Physiologically, the body like tenses a little bit and mentally the mind, like we get tunnel vision or we start talking to ourselves about the worst case scenario. So we need uh, this active meditation that we're sort of doing you know, throughout our day is noticing that physical contraction and kind of expanding our body you know, this is body awareness, right? Okay, I notice tension in my body and I'm going to expand it, like stretch my neck up, you know, relax my shoulders, uh, focus on breathing and engage my senses and what I can hear and see so that I, I can be present, you know, and then take a small step to investigate that email or whatever caused that stressor. I love that. It's a, it's a nice bit of slowing down. And again, part of the way the world is operates currently seems to be that we're in a battle to retain that slowing down thing because everything seems to say, quick, 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 do it now, get successful overnight, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I mean, I talk about things like comparis comparisonitis, you know, one of these things where you find yourself looking at somebody else's LinkedIn profile or website and, oh, God, I'll never be as amazing as they are. Why am I bothering? And Or equally, oh, I better try and be like they are because, you know, whatever way you look at it, you're either doing yeah. fight or flight or freeze you're either sort of stuck in limbo thinking I don't literally don't know where to go now or mm -hmm. you're saying I'm giving up and I'm gonna go and live on an island off grid and you know don't want any of this mm -hmm. or you're in a fight you know which you know or, you know I, I, I don't want to be like them I want to be but I do want to be like them and I don't want to be like <laughs> and it gets you nowhere you can feel the physicality of, of that tension and mm -hmm it's exhausting um and i mean i just talk about putting your emotions through the rationality filter which is an incredibly oversimplified little visual idea but you know mm -hmm. if you imagine a filter and you've got all this and you put it through and it comes out in nice little manageable chunks and my husband who also has spent his life work-wise being um uh, well a lot of his life being a project manager a business analyst mm -hmm. so he's got this lovely calm rational approach um and he he just said to me this morning he said but Trish, why don't you just block out your time a little bit more so that, you know, you, you, you don't get distracted and then think I haven't achieved anything. You just, just do that little bit. It might not be perfect. And then do this little bit and then say, okay, mm -hmm. I'm taking this half day to just go and do something with no meaning whatsoever in terms of my business. Um, you know, go and sit in a field and read a book or yeah. listen to a conversation. <laughs> but block it in a little bit, because if you don't, you, you get in, you're not present in anything that you're doing. Um, yeah, there's something yeah, in that. Or, and, yeah. I mean, you know, you talk about making it real, like there's so much, uh, we're trying to be someone we're not, you know? And so a lot of, I think mental training uh, focus needs to be on really working our way through that to a more authentic, uh, our true self, you know, if you, 
study Buddhism or Zen, you know, it's all about like, uh, what is your true self? Like, because we're socialized so much, you know, to be motivated this way, to create an identity around uh, outcomes that we just don't know who we are. And, and so mental training needs to address that. It needs to give us some practical tools that can start breaking down that ego structure, that identity structure, to get down to some more foundational ways of understanding ourselves. And I think a, a, an important part of that is this idea of balance. Like we are, society is moving forward, you know, at a rapid pace. Uh, technology is making us more connected and therefore more and more demands on our time. They can access us everywhere. And we as individuals, as business owners, we need to find a way to push back against that. Say, this is the kind of culture I want to create in my business. One where the, myself and the, my team can have balance between work and personal time uh, this, you know, we need to develop the, the kind of culture and values that uh, push back against this like faster, faster tendency in society so that we actually can apply uh, ourselves, you know, moment to moment to um, the, the struggles that we have. What a what a perfect place to bring this to to a conclusion. It, it's not concluded. <laughs> this, this conversation will never be concluded. Um, yeah. It's it's perfect, and I love it. And we need to be having more of these conversations, pushing back against the faster and faster. I, I yes, one hundred percent. That's it's something that I personally have to work pretty hard on. Is um, but it but I'm I think the consciousness. It's just the awareness of. Ooh, that's what's happening. And you've got to do that every single day, more or less every minute of every day. Um, mm -hmm. Ooh, that's what's happening. And just bring yourself back. Oh, I just, I just love it. So we might well come back for part two. I, I do that yeah. with some of my guests because there's just too much to unravel. But I admit there are some really simple, basic, practical tools that you've given the listeners along with all this insight and thought nudging. Is there, is there anything else that you want to say that I haven't given you the opportunity to? Um, there's, you know, there's so much to mental training. And uh, I think one other thing, you know, for your, your viewers and listeners is that uh, we're, we can have a tendency to be very self-critical, you know, with ourselves, you know, if we're not succeeding or uh, if we're, don't feel like we're competing well enough. And I think self-compassion is much healthier and more effective for navigating the challenges that we experience in our lives and in our, in our work. So I'd encourage listeners to find a way to be compassionate with themselves, uh, not to uh, circumvent, you know, challenges, but actually to uh, meet the challenges you know, with knowing you're going to make mistakes and being compassionate about making those mistakes and seeing them actually as necessary for our learning process, you know, to navigate them. Uh, instead of being self-critical. 
Absolutely. Self-compassion, which is not the same as having a pity party, as it's as we, we hear that expression. Yeah. You know, I think people get very confused. It's the same with vulnerability yeah. and weakness. It's mm-hmm. not. And, you know, it, it, there are so many words out there. And again, it's a matter of awareness. Stop. Mm-hmm. What, do we, what do we actually mean when we're hearing that? OK, but that slowing down. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Something like we we could have a, a podcast just on the words vulnerability, humility, and compassion. Let's do as it. <laughs> how do those actually make us stronger rather than weaker? Okay, made a note of that. You're coming back, <laughs> right? So, oh no, I'm going to let you. I'm going to let you get on with the. What is a really early start to your day and get on with the rest of it. And um, meanwhile, just. I'll put this on the obviously on the detail on my website. But where's the where's the best point of contact for people to learn more about what you do? Uh, it would be our website warriorsway.com, and um, we're we're on you know Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Uh, on Facebook, I think it's the Warriors Way. On Instagram and Twitter, it's at Rock Warriors Way is our handle. But uh, warriorsway.com is the, the main place great fantastic um and there's um yeah there's just just keep exploring um arno's work everybody because yeah. oh yeah. i haven't and even <laughs> you're in the uk right yes yeah so um we have a distributor of our books in the uk uh, cordee c-o-r-d-e-e uh, in case listeners wanted to get the books uh, not have to order them from america Oh, excellent. (laughs) Thank you so much. Um, Okay, Arno, um, I'm going to be very self-disciplined and say goodbye and a huge, huge thank you. Yeah, thank you. Want to know more about staying unsquashed? Then head over to more resources at trishalewis.com forward slash stay hyphen unsquashed. And while you're there, sign up for the fortnightly email unsquashed. For now, until our next forensic investigation, stay curious and don't forget to show up to share.